Our prayers for you are always spilling over into thanksgivings. We can't quit thanking God our Father and Jesus our Messiah for you. We keep getting reports on your steady faith in Christ our Jesus and the love you continuously extend to all Christians. The lines of purpose in your lives never grow slack, tightly tied as they are to your future in heaven kept taut by hope. The message is as true among you today as when you first heard it. It doesn't diminish or weaken over time. It's the same all over the world. The message bears fruit and gets larger and stronger just as it has in you. From the very first day you heard and recognized the truth of what God is doing, you've been hungry for more. It's as vigorous in you now as when you learned it from our friend and close associate, Epiphras. He is one reliable worker for Christ. I could always depend on him. He's the one who told us how thoroughly love has been worked into your lives by the Spirit. He is, be assured that from the very first day we heard of you, we haven't stopped praying for you, asking God to give you wise minds and spirits attuned to his will. And so acquire a thorough understanding of the ways in which God works. We pray that you'll live well for the master, making him proud of you as you work hard in his orchard. And as you learn more and more how God works, you will learn how to do your work. We pray that you'll have the strength to stick it out over the long haul. Not the grim strength of gritting your teeth, but the glory strength that God gives. It is the strength that endures the unendurable and spills over into joy, thanking the Father who makes us strong enough to take part in everything bright and beautiful that he has for us. God rescued us from dead-end alleys and dark dungeons. He set us up in the kingdom of the Son he loves so much the son who got us out of the pit we were in and got rid of the sins we were doomed to keep repeating. Colossians 1, 3 to 14. Come on, isn't God's word good? Well, welcome, welcome, welcome. What a way to kick off the brand new year here together. I want to start by asking a question. Do you want to grow this year? Come on, do you want to grow this year? Yes. You know, if we're going to grow, it means it's going to require us to take a step, a next step. And that's what we're going to be talking about over the next eight weeks. What is our next step if we really want to grow in the new year? When I think about growing in the new year, I think about how do I grow within relationships in my life? How do I grow within even my vocation or my job? How do I grow professionally? How do I even grow, because we're here at church today, how do I grow spiritually? How do I begin to understand and begin knowing what God wants for me? And how do I know what my next step is? You see, growing always is about next. And, and we've got to go there. We've got to talk about that. Now, I want to ask you a question because we didn't meet last week physically. We met digitally or virtually. And I'm just curious. Come on, help me in this last hour. How many of you watched that video that we made for you? Come on, come on. A few of your hands are up. Man, I made that video. That was so important. I'm glad you did it. But listen, we talked about first and ten. 
We talked about making commitments. Now listen, I'll be honest with you. I don't like New Year's resolutions. I just don't. I don't think they stick. I don't think they last. But what I do appreciate is if things are going to be different in this new year, we got to make a commitment. we got to set some goals, and we've got to be willing to take a next step. And so for me, this is clear of what God's called us to. This week, though, as I was uh, online doing an online devotional, uh, I had a, a pastor that's a real famous pastor share some words of leadership, and he actually said something that coined it so clearly, I just want to quote it so you can kind of be challenged with it too. He said, out of the new year, everybody wants to set goals, but here's how he said it. He said, before you start with do goals, start with who goals. Come on, does that make sense to you yet? You see, when a brand new year starts, we all want to go, okay, what am I going to do differently this year? What are my do goals, right? And the biggest one right out of the gate is everybody wants to get in better shape by January, right? Come on, we just indulge this last 30, 60, 45, how many days, I don't know. But, but now all of a sudden we go, oh man, I got to do it different. And we go to the do goals. He said, don't start with do goals before you jump deeper and go to the who goals. What does that mean? Identity before activity. And this is the question he's challenged that day with as I was watching it. He said, he said, who do you want to become in 2019? When you get the who right, you'll know what you need to do. And I thought, man, that is so significant there that that's exactly where we're going to be in these next several weeks as we come to this book that we're going to look at in the Bible this idea of who do I want to be in 2019? So let me ask you that. Who do you want to be in 2019 at work? Who do you want to be at school? Who do you want to be in your home? Who do you want to be in your neighborhood? Or maybe make it clearer, what kind of boyfriend or girlfriend are you going to be in 2019? What kind of husband or wife? What kind of employee are you going to be? What kind of example to others are you going to be in 2019? What kind of leader are you going to be in 2019? You see, when you know who you want to be, you can begin to realize the steps that you're going to take to get there. Now, welcome to Mount Ararat. I am grateful that you're starting your year right here. I hope next Sunday you'll be back because I believe as we put these things together over time, we'll begin to see the compound effect of what obedience looks like. I want to welcome you to our Stafford campus, and I want to welcome you guys over at our Fredericksburg campus. Hey, good news, Fredericksburg. I went this week, and I got to see our new building down there on Courthouse Road, and, man, it is coming together. We're still several weeks away, but maybe here in a few short weeks we're going to be soft launch and getting in that space. The kids' space is literally already done, and it looks great, and the worship's not far behind, and we're putting in a bank of bathrooms. I cannot wait for us to be in that new location. Uh, and I want to give you some news. I didn't share this in the other hours. Pastor Andrew and Anna have been expecting to adopt from India, and they finally got the green light. They're heading there in about a week. Pray for them. They're going to have to be in country for about three to four weeks, but we are so excited seeing God break through and give that opportunity there for them. And then if you're watching locally with this online or even around the world online, we welcome you here as well. Hey, can y'all just help me do one more time? Let's tell Brad and Rebecca how thankful we are in their ministry and what they did this morning. What a day. What an amazing day. You know, 
as we've been partnering with them through the years, they've been such a gift to our church. They used to live here in Northern Virginia, and as he shared, they moved to Phoenix several years ago where they work part-time at this one church and serve there as worship leaders. And then they use the rest of their, their weeks to serve churches like ours, uh, literally all around the country, and as you heard, even in Uganda uh, with the ministry. At this service end, do this for me. If nothing else, go out there and tell them to keep up the great work. And then if there's some music on their table that could be an encouragement to you or maybe a blessing to someone else, grab some of that. Get some of these necklaces. They're beautiful. And what a story behind the difference it can make as we support that. And so, again, so grateful that they're here today with us. All right, if you have a Bible, come on, we're there today. We're going to be in Colossians. As I said earlier, man, there's no cream and sugar with this sermon, okay? It's black coffee today. I hope you all ready for that. And I just feel like what God says here in his word is so, so incredibly rich. But I want us to get the full dose of it. Now, Colossians is only about four chapters long. It's a short letter that this guy writes Yet we're going to spend the next eight weeks just kind of resting right here in this book of Colossians. Now to kind of give you a little bit of understanding, Paul is writing this letter to a church in Colossae. And it's a young church that's in crisis. The crisis is they've had some bad teachings slip into their church. And even though they're a young church, what happened is when you got bad teaching, you get bad believing and bad behaving. And so this church is in a crossroad. Either we're going to fold as a church and be no longer, or we're going to make some decisions and we're going to grow. I think this is a perfect letter for us in a new year. Do we want to grow? Are we willing to take the next step? Now, what makes this church a little interesting to me is that Paul gets credited to planting a lot of different churches. Paul did not plant the church in Colossae. Paul never even worshipped there. On Paul's third missionary journey, he traveled to Asia, but he stopped at a place called Ephesus. He never went to Colossae. We don't believe. But in Ephesus is where he decided to stop and to stay for three years. For three years, he preached the good news of Jesus. For three years, he developed leaders in the church. For three years, he discipled people. And in that three years, there was this guy, Epaphras, who showed up there that he met He engaged with, and he introduced to Jesus. Epaphras made Jesus his Lord, and he went back to his home. His home was Colossae. We believe he's the one that was credited to starting this house church that grew into a great work in this small little fledging town of Colossae. Now, the time that this letter is written, Paul's not living in Ephesus anymore. He's now finally made it to Rome, which he always wanted to go. Except in Rome, he now finds himself in prison. He's in jail. And in jail, there was some brothers in Christ that came there to help tend to his needs, to give him food so he could eat while in jail. And one of those people, you got it, was Epaphras. And as they were having conversation and he was tending to Paul's needs, he shared with Paul about his home church and the struggle that they found themselves in. Paul wanted to minister to them. So the best way he could minister to them while in prison was to write this letter that we have in our Bibles called Colossians. Are y'all there yet? Now, as we go here, I want us to think about this for a minute because Paul's writing a letter to encourage, but it's also a letter where he's going to correct That's never easy, right? Especially since he's never met them face to face before, but he's a leader of this church. 
Now, when I think about that kind of theme, I think about, again, our do goals with our who goals, right? It's easy to go, what do I need to do? It's harder to go, who am I? Who's my identity? What am I? And so if you want to grow, though, I want you to, to know that the first step into this thing today is going to be a hard step. Listen, we said we want to grow. Are we willing to take the next step? What if the next step is the step of feedback? Feedback. Anybody like feedback? Depends what kind, right? I wonder this for you today. How many of you, how many of you like affirmation? Come on. Amen. You're doing a great job. Want to praise you. But I wonder for you, how do you handle affirmation? Is it easy for you to receive some praise and encouragement? Are you kind of outwardly going, oh, no, no, not me, not me. And you're thinking about all the other. Listen, I, I shared a couple months ago. It's hard for me. Even Brad saying, plod for your pastor. I'm going, oh, don't do that, don't do that, don't do that. Because everything about that is just like, no, no, no. But, but yet, in it, can you, handle, can you handle affirmation? Then let's flip it around. Can you handle correction? Now, that doesn't feel so good, does it? When somebody's pointing something out where you're missing the mark, where you're messing up, that doesn't feel good. And, and feedback, feedback is not always easy to handle. Can we just admit? Now, let me give you the concept of where feedback, we really kind of get traction. It's during the Industrial Revolution. During the Industrial Revolution, the concept of feedback was to ensure quality control along the assembly line of the process. So let me give you a working definition. Feedback would mean this. Watch this. To feed corrective information back to the point of origin. Now, two key words to pay attention to this definition. The word corrective, and everybody said, ouch. Say that with me. <laughs> we don't like correction. But origin is the other key word. The picture of what this is supposed to look like, take me back there so I know kind of how to move forward again. Are you with me? Feedback. Feedback. But feedback doesn't always feel great, does it? You know what we have a tendency to do? Our initial reaction to feedback is to push back. Come on. Anybody there with me? Because when we hear feedback, oftentimes we start thinking about an attack on our identity. And when we feel it, our initial reaction to feedback is to push back. Our initial reaction to feedback is to, y'all aren't awake with me, is to push back. Okay, I want y'all to be here with me. Come on, black coffee, can I handle it today? I'm giving you a little bit of application before I even get to the word of God because I want to know that I got some people, I got, I got some family that goes, I can identify with that. Keep on going. This is painful, but keep on going. I need some feedback, but it's not always easy to receive. But I tell you this, when you push back from feedback, you also get in the way of growing in the new day. So maybe there's something here for all of us. But I think we get afraid. We get afraid when we think about going to work. We really don't want to know what everybody at work thinks about us. It's almost like, I don't know if I have enough confidence or courage to really know how people see me and how they see my performance. Come on, how many of you have to get performance evaluations done every three, six, 12 months, right? Aren't those always fun? Yeah, it's kind of like a physical, right? Yeah, with a silver bullet involved and all that good stuff. You know what I'm talking about? Listen, 
it's not comfortable, but you do this at work. But I'm wondering sometimes, are they really that honest at work? Because sometimes they're almost calculated and careful. But if you truly get feedback, you can understand some blind spots and you can see where you need to grow and actually can be helpful for you if you go there. But you know what we often, we don't really want any kind of conflict. We don't really want to have that kind of confrontation. So it's just better to live without knowing. Now, that's not just happening at work. I wonder how many of you this is happening in your life, in your relationships, in your friendships, uh uh-oh, even in your marriage, where it's like we know something's off, but we don't know what it is, and we don't really want to go there because to go there, we're going to fight there, and I don't want to do that. And so what happens is we push back from feedback. Are you with me yet today? And when I look at what happens here, what happens here is this, is that when we're messing up, when we're doing wrong, when we're willfully disobedient and sinning, the last thing we want is somebody to come up and point it out. And when they point it out, you know what we're going to say? We're going to say this, you're judging me. You ever said that? You ever heard that? We're going to feel judgment, though, when that feedback shines and we think they're attacking what? Our identity all over again. As I think about this tension coming into a new year, we all say we want to grow, but what if feedback's involved in growing? Can can I go ahead and tell you this? You know something worse than feedback? Is not receiving feedback. (laughs) You ever been in a job where you're totally in the dark what the win is? I don't know if we're doing it right. I don't know if I'm doing it wrong. I don't ever hear anything. I don't even know. Come on. You ever been in a relationship like that? Right? There is no define the relationship and you never really know and you're always in the dark. Come on, that's miserable, right? But how many of us, we choose that, that environment because we're afraid of what might be revealed if the light starts to shine? Come on, this is, aren't you glad you came to church today? <laughs> Listen to me, I want to grow. I want to grow, but this is a scary place to go. But I'm here to tell you, if you're an employer... If you're a supervisor, come on, if you're a parent, if you're in a relationship, guess what? You got to bring clarity to those relationships. And we're going to talk about what that means and what should be the motive behind if we're going to give it, if we're going to receive it. That's where we're going to go. Okay, so if you're in your Bibles today, we're going to look at Colossians chapter 1. And we're going to just listen because Paul's letter to this church is all about feedback. He's trying to correct. He's trying to encourage. And let's just listen where he begins. Look at verse 3. He says this. He says, we always thank God. I love that. We always thank God, the Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, when we pray for you. Because we have heard. Look at this. He hadn't seen it because he's never been there before. But we have heard of your faith in Christ Jesus and your love that you have for all of God's people. You see, the faith and the love that spring from the hope that's stored up for you in heaven about which you have already heard. And it's this true message. It's this true good news message, the gospel that has come to you. In the same way, the gospel is bearing fruit. And there's the word, it's growing. It's growing all throughout the world. Just as it's been growing among you since the day that you heard it. And you truly understood God's grace. Check this out. You learned it from Epaphras, our dear fellow servant, who is a faithful minister of Christ on our behalf. 
who also told us of your love in the Spirit. Come on, this is so good. Paul begins with praise. Isn't it always good to begin with some affirmation? Come on, tell me something I'm doing right before you point out maybe the things I need to change, right? And he starts with praise. And I love it. He starts actually with a prayer. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Listen, we're starting a brand new year, and it is way too tempting for us to already start focusing in on everything that's wrong in our new year. It's already easy for us to look at everything that's not working and to totally miss everything that is good. So can we just practice some scripture here for a minute? I titled today's message, Thank God. And I think that's a good posture of our hearts today, especially if we call ourselves Christians. Some of you sitting here among me and some of you watching at Fredericksburg and online, can I just ask you a question? If you're single today, you know what you need to say? Thank God. Come on, there's something in that. If you're here today and you're married, thank God. If you're here today and you don't have kids, thank God. Right? If you're here today and you do have kids, thank God. If you're here today and you have a job or you're on furlough, it's hard to say that, isn't it? Listen, if you have a house, if you have food to eat, if you have a car to drive. Listen, it is too easy to think the things that we take for granted somewhere else in the world, people would see that and say, if my life only had that. And it's the things that we don't even think about because we don't have a posture of what? Of gratefulness. Paul's trying to help this church see, let's just go back to the origin. Before I start correct, let's go back to the origin. Look at what you have in God. And if we can celebrate that, guess what? You're halfway there. Thank God. Thank God. Thank God. Listen to me. And then he gives two points of feedback I want to give to you today right here in the scriptures. Feedback number one, he says, recognize your relationship. Recognize your relationships. Write that down. You ought to write that down so you can come back to that in this next seven days. Now, to give you the clarity to know I'm pulling this right out of the scriptures, think about the relationships that he pointed out right there in the scriptures. He said what? He said, I, I heard of your faith in Christ Jesus. That's a relationship, right? And then I heard about your love for, for all of God's people, right? So faith in Jesus and love for God's people. Now, to kind of give you some clarity here, these are relationships that he's talking about. Faith in Jesus is a vertical relationship with us and God. Love for others is a horizontal. I love the cross, right? Because you get the both, the vertical and the horizontal. And it's an evaluation of my heart. How am I in faith in Jesus and how am I in my love for God's people? Now, to make this connection a little deeper for us, can I say it this way? Faith in Jesus produces love for God's people. That is a work that God wants to do in you and me. That as I surrender to Jesus, he gives me the ability to love people that aren't always that lovable. God has given me exactly what I need so that I can have faith in him and I can love others. And can I tell you something? Let's flip it around. My love for God's people proves my faith in Jesus. Wow, you see how that works? 
You see how those things work? What does he say? He says, faith and love have a relationship. And he says they come together in hope. And the hope is not in you and in me. The hope is in heaven is what he said. He says that hope in heaven that God's decided to give us here on earth. So love for God's people, faith in Jesus. That is the mark of what this church began with. And that's what he's trying to inspire them back to again. To get their minds right. To get their hearts right. He says, come on. It comes back to that. I love what he says in a later book to Galatians. Paul writes this. He says, the only thing that counts. Come on, Christian. The only thing that counts is what? Faith expressing itself through love. Isn't that powerful? Come on, you ever been to an angry church? Angry people that are unforgiving and unloving? Doesn't that kind of get in the way of the message of Jesus? Yet God said, these are the two parts. This is the hinge of it all. It's our faith in Jesus. It's our love for one another. It, that, that is right there a good litmus test for all of us. Come on, you want feedback? Let's just kind of land there for a minute. There's the feedback. Here you are today. First Sunday of our new year. The question is, are you a Christian? And in Christ, how is your relationship right now with you and God? What would you say about that? What would be a reflection of your relationship? Does God have 100% of your life, 100% of your affection, 100% of your heart? Or are you holding back something from God right now? Come on, you want feedback. There's where the Holy Spirit's going to give us some feedback. Is there anything right now that God wants me to surrender or grow in in the next 12 months? What is it in my relationship with him? What's the areas that I know I'm weakest in, most vulnerable in, that I need to trust God in? What is that relationship with him? And then right behind that, what is my relationship with others? Right now in a new year, what's the relationship right now that's fractured? And that's broken. You see, what's interesting to me is maybe last year something happened, somebody hurt you, somebody did something horrible to you, and they were wrong in that. And here we are a year later, and now you're the one wrong because you're unwilling to forgive and you're unwilling to move back to a place of peace. What is it this year God's saying, come on. We've got, we got some work to do, and this is the relationship that, that I'm going to work on through you this year. Can, can we just rest there for a minute? Isn't that enough right there for us today? God says you've got to recognize your relationships. And see, here's the good news of the message. The good news is it's not about man's effort. It's not about willpower. It's not about us doing better. No, the good news of the message, what does he say? It's not religion, it's what? It's relationship. It's our relationship with him, our faith in him, and our love for one another. That's what he wants to grow this year in us. Are you willing to go there? Come on, are you willing to take a step there? It's going to require some feedback, though, as we look at it today. I wonder, as we look at our own lives and begin to evaluate those parts, what are we really known for? Are we really known for our faith? Are we really known by our love? That gets personal when you have to kind of think about it in your own personal life. But then as a church, I thought about this. What is our reputation in this community? Are we known as people that believe in a supernatural God? Are we known by our faith in Jesus Christ alone? And are we known in how we love and forgive and how we grow in our love for each other? 
man, I want to have that reputation. I want that to be our witness. I just don't know if it always is. Or is that something God wants to grow in us in this next year? Feedback. Feedback. Here's feedback number two. Watch this. To evaluate your activity, your actions, and your attitude. Y'all there? Your activity, your actions, your attitude. Come on, three A words. You got to like that. Pastor Andrew, I know you like alliteration. You like that, don't you? This idea of how we're going to evaluate how we're living this thing out. Come on, what do we believe and how are we behaving? It's going to get measured in some way. And we want to see how we're living that out. Watch what he says here in verse 9. He says, for this reason, since the day we heard about you, we have not stopped praying for you. We continue. I love this. Paul, can't, man, Paul is a prayer warrior. This guy's always praying. And he says, I'm praying that God would continue to fill you with the knowledge of his will. Now, there's a word play on here. This won't make sense till later weeks. But this church, bad teaching, they begin to say there's a secret knowledge. Some people have it. Some people don't. And we'll get in that later. But today, for today's sake, Paul's using a word that they're using. And he's trying to give it new purpose again. And he says, I'm praying that God would give you the knowledge of his will through all wisdom and understanding that the Holy Spirit gives. Now, why does God want to give us his will? What's the importance of him giving us his will? Well, he explains it right here. What does Paul say? He said, so that, so that you may live a life worthy of the Lord and please him in every way. Bearing fruit in every good work, growing in the knowledge of God. Listen to me. Whether this is your first Sunday or you come every single weekend here, can I tell you clearly what my motives are? My motives are for you to have a relationship with Jesus and for you to grow in 2019 with Jesus. That is my motive. Listen, I'm trying to make disciples here at this church. That's what our goal is in our small groups. That's what our goal is in our ministry and mission. We want to what? Make disciples. But listen, can I just tell you quickly here, because he's trying to show this church something. Listen, becoming a disciple is not more and more information. It's not knowing more and more and more about God. No, 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 no. It's not information. It's transformation. That's what God wants. Come on. Listen, I don't want to come to church and get me a religious talk. No, I don't need more information. I need a revelation so I can have some transformation. Or am I the only one that wants that? That's what God wants for us. He wants us to be able to change. He wants us to be able to grow. And it's going to come back to this encounter. And I'm afraid too often we think the Bible's just to be learned. No, the Bible's not just to be learned. It's to be lived. And he says, the reason this knowledge is important for you, so that you may what? So you may what? You may live a life worthy to the Lord, and you may what? Please him in every way. Can I tell you the outworking of your faith should be, I'm learning to live a life worthy to the Lord and to please him in every way. Come on, that's not easy stuff. Matter of fact, I need the Holy Spirit to help me. Anybody else? I can't do it without the Holy Spirit's help because I'm too human, too self-centered, too selfish. But yet in Jesus, it's now possible. And he says that this is what God wants for us. Look at the words here again. Notice the words, knowledge, wisdom, understanding. Come on, those are good words, right? And then notice that he says, 
It's to lead us somewhere. It's to lead us somewhere. Paul's trying to show this Colossian church by giving them some feedback. And here's what I know about Paul. He loved this church even though he's never visited it. You know why he loves this church? Because of their faith in Jesus Christ and their love for each other as the Christians. That in itself was enough for him to say, that's my motive for writing these words to these people. I love them. Can I tell you a good prerequisite before you start doling out feedback to people is to want the best about the person you're about to share feedback. Can I tell you, if you go get all hot and bothered and all bulled over and yell and scream and I I will tell you some feedback. Ah, No, that's not the way to give feedback. If you really want somebody to receive it, they got to know the heart behind why you're giving them that blind spot of their life. And Paul shows us in a beautiful way what he wants for this church and for these people. And I think about feedback and why we push back. And I do think we push back because we feel an attack on our identity. But listen, what are we evaluating here? Are we evaluating identity? Come on, what's the three A's? Activity, actions, and attitude. Y'all remember that one, right? Attitude, right? That's not my identity. It might be a reflection, but it's not my identity, right? But we feel threatened with our identity. You know what happens when you start to feel threatened by your identity? You start to feel judged. And that's where that word shows back up again. You judge me. Don't judge me. You can't judge me, right? You hypocrites, y'all always judging me, right? It's where it comes from. Can I tell you when you start to feel judged, when you feel your identity under attack, That person probably only pointed out one thing, and you've now made that one thing about everything. Isn't that true? It's like we don't hear the one thing. We now hear them attacking everything about our lives, right? When that wasn't even the delivery of it all. God says you got to handle some feedback if you want to grow. And that feedback might initially be uncomfortable. Praise God if it awakens. Praise God if it brings light into a dark place. Praise God if it leads me to know what is my next step. But it's scary to have feedback. And Paul knows that as he's giving it to this church. Look at what he says. He goes on further and it says, here's the result. Here's the result of being in Jesus. He reminds them of their origin. Come on. You have faith. You have love. And then he tells them, here's what can happen if you remain in Jesus. Verse 11 says, you will be strengthened with all power. Anybody need some power right now? Feel stronger about things right now? He says, you will get power in Jesus according to his glorious might. So that, so that you may have what? Come on. What does the Bible say there? Great endurance and patience. You know when you need great endurance? When you're going through a challenging situation. Come on, anybody relate to that? I need endurance to get through this. You know when you need patience? When you're dealing with a challenging person. <laughs> right? Come on, we say E-E, well, extra grace, E-G-R, extra grace required person. You ever heard of that person? Right? <laughs> right? You need endurance to get through the painful situation. You need patience to get through the painful person, right? And I need that, and it says in Jesus I can get that. And while I'm getting that, I can give joyful thanks. Come on, thank God. Thank God to the Father who has qualified me to share in the inheritance of the holy people in the kingdom of light. I love that word light because we don't want to live in a dark, right? We want to live in the light. He says, for he has rescued us. That's what Jesus has done. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness. And he has brought us into the kingdom of his son whom he loves 
in whom we have redemption, praise God, and the forgiveness of sins. Come on, that's better than religion right there. It's a relationship. And God wants us to see this. He wants us to experience this. Come on, couldn't you use some power, some endurance, some patience, some joy in this new year? It comes in a relationship with Jesus. In Jesus, we get an inheritance. In Jesus, we get the light. In Jesus, come on, we get redemption. In Jesus, we can be forgiven. Or you can check out and push back right now and say, Pastor, I'll see you next Sunday, right? Or we can lean in and say, okay, God, these words are hard, but I already said I want to grow. Help me to take my next step today. Come on, are you ready to take a step? Feedback. Feedback is not an easy step to take, but man, it is so worth it when we begin to awaken to the life that God has for us. I'm going to invite Brad and Rebecca back up, and they're going to lead us in one more song of commitment. But before we do, I want the application of this message to just rest in our lives right now in this moment. I don't want us to miss the conversation that the Holy Spirit's having with each of us right now in this moment. Because right now, I believe God wants to give us some feedback. But are, are we going to have enough courage to receive the feedback that he's given to us? I'm going to ask you again, who do you want to be in 2019? Then what do you need to do? Today, I believe we've got to do something with the words that we've just heard from God. God is speaking to us, and we've got to now do something with what we've just heard. We want to be not just hearers of the word. We want to be doers of the word. And it's not always easy to follow, to follow and to take our next step. And so today, I want to invite you to take a next step. And maybe the first step is to say, okay, God, whether you're a Christian or not, Okay, God, I'm willing, to, I'm willing to be open to some feedback. Hey, God, would you show me my relationship with you? Is there anything right now between me and you, God, that I need to trust you in? Is there any area of my life I need to surrender? Is there anything right now, God, between me and you that's keeping me from you? God, is, is there anything? Would you just begin your year there? I promise you, you begin to get that relationship strong, that vertical relationship strong, it'll begin to have impact on the other relationships in your life. So let's just ask God, God, help me. Reveal to me. Even if it hurts, I'm not going to push back, God. Speak to me. Speak to me. Can you go there? And then to take it into the horizontal, who's the person? Who's the people? God, I know you want me to make right this year what is it what's the feedback God I need here come on can you handle that today come on yeah you can't handle the truth right can you handle the truth today can you let it shine come on you know you better than anybody you don't need me to tell you this who is it that you need to finally forgive and make some peace with just make some peace. It might be, God, I'm going to do it with you first, and then you're going to help me, and we're going to figure out how to get to peace. It might not mean go back into that relationship. It just might mean we just got to make peace so there's not more war rivaling in my life. Come on, can you, can you let the Holy Spirit give you some feedback today? Because trust me, He's a better teacher than I'll ever be. Because 
He knows you like no one else. Now, let's take it a step further, a scarier step. I want you to think about in the next seven days, who could you go to and say, I need some feedback. I want to grow in 2019. And God has been prompting me to ask some questions. Can I ask you how I can do better in this environment? How I can get better at work? Can you help me? Could you step out of your comfort? Listen, it might be somebody above you. It might be somebody on the same level as you. It might be somebody you're leading. Would you have enough courage to go to somebody and say, hey, listen, I want to grow this year. Can you help me with my blind spots? How can I be a better leader? How can I be a better communicator? What do you need from me? Come on, that's going to take some bold courage, right? Listen, my wife was in the last hour, and I said, babe, can we, can we have a conversation? Can, can we go there? And I was always like, oh, I don't know what I want to hear what she has to say, right? It's like everything about that. But listen, if you're going to have enough courage to ask it, then have enough courage to shut up and listen. Your nature is going to want to defend. Why? Because you want to push back, right? But just receive it and say, okay, let me go talk to God after you've told me all this, right? So I can go process it. But do you want to grow? Are you ready for next? Take that step of feedback. It's scary, isn't it? To get vulnerable. Listen, where it's not about a performance evaluation, it's about you getting stronger and healthier and better so that there's no blind areas in your life. What could God do in this church? We're going to see it. What could God do in you, in me, in us? That's the power of what this year has in front of us. Then let's just flip it around even a little more. Who could you go to in the next seven days and begin to give some feedback to? Now remember, remember this is dangerous right here. They gotta know, they gotta know that you really do care about them. And that your best interest is the motive of why you're having this uncomfortable conversation. Because see, nobody wants to feel awkward. Nobody wants to feel weird. Instead, we just stay quiet and remain frustrated. Isn't that interesting? But what if we're willing to be truth tellers? Come on. Truth, grace. Truth, grace. And if they know that we want them to grow, what if God could use you in the workplace? What if God could use you in the relationship, in the marriage, in the family? What if God could use you. Do you have enough courage to go there? You see, already <laughs> it gets hard. Growth is hard when we have to take this step because we don't want to feel awkward and weird. But what are you going to feel if you don't say anything and that situation gets worse? Or how are you going to feel one day when they are standing in front of God and they're having to face judgment and you never opened your mouth and said a word. Listen, this is divides families right here. This is hard when you're a parent and you've got a kid that's rebellious and mom feels this way, dad feels this way and it's like dividing everything in the house and it's like, we gotta stand for that. We gotta speak into that. We gotta do that. And the other one's like, no, I don't wanna do that. It's gonna make things awkward. Uh, and all of a sudden, guess what happens? It just makes things worse. Are we gonna be people that wanna grow? we got to be willing to go where God's leading us to go. You know, as I finish this message today, 
I think God's trying to invite us to say, it's time to stop being frustrated. It's time to stop living passive. It's time to start having some more direct and even uncomfortable conversations. It's time for some feedback, some feedback, some feedback. Come on, I just had a birthday about a week ago. I just turned 49 years young, right? I'm holding strong. I got one more year, one more year, one more year. Listen, 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 listen. I, I just realized this, I still need more wisdom. I still need more growth. I still need more maturity. I still need more surrender. Man, I, I don't wanna miss another year. I want this year to be marked with God's presence in such a strong way. You with me? You with me? Brad, Rebecca, it has been powerful having y'all home today and with us. Y'all have been such a gift ministering us through the songs. These words couldn't have matched up better with Colossians 1. I love how God does that stuff. But today, as we finish out this, I'm going to put you on the spot, Rebecca, because this last year, there's been uh, a great challenge in, in their family. They got hit with the health issue. And I say they because they dealt with it as a family. They dealt with it as a ministry. But Rebecca physically had to carry the weight of what happened. And I just felt like if we're going to talk about new day and new year, maybe some of you are carrying around some fears and carrying around some stuff. And, and I just believe maybe their short testimony could give you some hope that maybe has been lacking. Maybe you can relate to maybe part of her story here and that might help you to say, you know what? I'm gonna grow in this next year and it's gonna be hard, but I'm gonna do it in faith. And so as you minister us in song, would you just minister with your story? We have seen a miracle in this last 12 months in your life. And I know you believe that. Sure, God used MD Anderson and Houston and doctors and nurses, but don't, don't be surprised. The great physician was at work and you're gonna hear about his presence in this moment. And may this be our peace today as we keep moving forward in this new year together. I love you, church. Listen to these words real quick. So one year ago in January, end of January, we ended up in the emergency room with some symptoms and some bad uh, looking CT scans. And we sat there and the doctors came and told me that I had a large um, cancerous tumor in my abdomen. And he told me that it was inoperable and it was wrapped around a kidney and um, they didn't know what the oncologist would eventually say was gonna be my treatment plan. Um, but then God spoke into that. And the next day, an oncologist came in and said, actually, um, with the care of some very specialist doctors, um, they can operate on you. And um, from the original CT scan, it looked like the tumor was aggressive, like a dense, aggressive, fast-growing tumor. Um, and so it looked like I was probably gonna have to have a, a lot of chemotherapy um, before a hopeful eventual surgery to remove the tumor. But then a few weeks later after a biopsy, it showed that the tumor was not super dense. It was not aggressive. It was slow going and I didn't have to have any chemo before a surgery, which I eventually had in April. And we faced uh, many trials and obstacles along the way, but God proved faithful in every single one of them. We didn't know what path we were gonna end up on, but God, God cleared the way for us. I, I was um, told that the type of cancer was liposarcoma. It's a very rare type of cancer, and the only, one of the only places in the country that could handle that was at MD Anderson in Houston. And my insurance company told me 
that they they wouldn't cover me outside of the state of Arizona one time, two times, three times after two appeals. Um, they said, absolutely no way are we going to cover her outside of the state of Arizona, which is where we live. And um, But the next day, <laughs> God spoke into that situation and someone called and it was a patient advocate and said, what's going on? And within five days, MD, uh, my insurance company said, we're going to cover MD Anderson 100% in Houston. And not only that, um, we're going to give you $10,000 for travel expenses back and forth out of the state. <laughs> And all along the way, um, we're talking about feedback, right, today. Um, all along the way, people would pour, pour into me, just send me messages of encouragement and lift me up and praying over me. And um, you might think that you send someone a message like that and you don't know if it's going to be impactful. It is. It's so impactful. There were some very dark moments that I faced, um, just a fear. I just felt very overwhelmed, not knowing what the outcome was going to be. Um, and I would read someone's comment on a post that we would make, and it would just put me in tears and just fill me with a comfort and a peace. Um, so if you ever want to you know, pour into someone that way, don't be worried. Just let God's love flow out of you to lift someone up that way. Just let it flow. Um, and then also uh, my mom, she came right away with me and she just pretty much grabbed my face and said some feedback to me too about some of the emotions that I was facing that I needed, that I needed to hear and I needed to know that pulled me back from uh, going down a really dark path um, that happens when you face scary things, you know. And then also God, um, he just showed me some things in my life um, anxiety, fear, stress that I just had to and still do every day, just have to learn to release and trust in God, um, especially in that situation. But in every situation, we can have anxiety and fear. Um, but especially in that, in that situation, just shed light into, into all of the other areas in my life that I just needed to remember every day, every moment sometimes, just to lay those things at God's feet and not allow anxiety and fear to take over me. Um, the last little thing I want to share with you um, was a miracle I feel God did. It was most impactful to me. Um, when I first was diagnosed, I wanted a big miracle. I, got, I wanted God to do something huge. I wanted him to heal me completely. I wanted them to lay me down for a biopsy. And the doctors, you know, they're like, where is it? It's not in here. There's nothing to biopsy, right? That's what I wanted to happen. And I thought my plan sounded pretty awesome. <laughs> um, but obviously that didn't happen. Um, I prayed very specifically, and I don't even know why I prayed it this way. I, I asked God that the tumor would fall out of my body. And I don't know how that physically would have even happened, but that's what I prayed. It's silly, I know. I just said, God, would you cause this tumor to shrivel up and fall out of my body? And that obviously didn't happen. So we are, I'm rolling into the operating room and I'm still, I'm still praying, God, just let this thing fall out of my body, please, before they cut me open. Um, well, they did. They went through the surgery. And um, through two and a half hours into the, to the operation that was supposed to be six to eight hours long, the surgeon came out to update Brad and said, we're done. It's out. She's fine. Um, and the tumor practically fell out of her body.
I find that God sometimes just gives me these funny little love letters um, and messages to just comfort my heart. And it just, it just made me realize once again um, that my pl- I'm not God. <laughs> I'm a human. I have a plan. I have something that I think is going to be a super awesome idea. Um, but he's God. And no matter what my prayer what my prayer is, he's still sovereign. No matter what the outcome is, he's still God. And he wanted me to know that he heard me and that he was with me. So if you find yourself in a situation today where you feel like you're asking God for a miracle or asking God for something and you don't feel like he's with you, you don't feel like he's answering your prayers, um, you haven't seen his outcome yet. And he wants you to know that he's with you and he hears you. I want to invite you to stand as we just sing this chorus together. Just a reminder that no matter what happens in any situation, when we call on the name of Jesus, he's the one that can make things beautiful and wonderful. What a beautiful name it is. What a beautiful name it is. The name of Jesus Christ. Father God, I, I just, I'm overwhelmed being in your presence today with my brothers and sisters and my family of faith. God, you have met with us. And Father, in the context of our family story, I pray for the one who lost their mother this weekend. I pray for the many that don't know when that next paycheck's coming in. God, I pray for the young adults that worship you with fire this week, with passion. God, I pray for people making new commitments to a new year, commitments to healing and hope and to future. God, I don't know what needs to fall out of each of us, but I pray that we would trust you to be a great physician and to do surgery on us this year. God, we wanna grow. And we know, God, that oftentimes that first step is a painful step. It's an awkward step. It's a step that doesn't feel great. But, God, I don't want to shrink back. I want us to press forward. We love you, God. And we want to be your people. And we want people to see our faith in you. And we want people to see our love for one another. Apart from you, we can't do it. But with you, Jesus, it's now possible. We pray that and believe it in Jesus' name, amen.